Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Island. I mean, welcome to yet another brand new edition. In fact, the final live edition of in 2014 of the Wrestling Outsiders podcast. I am your host with the most, the one, the only, Emerson Whitner. Joined, as always, once again by my brother, who will try to get in a word edgewise here and there tonight, Brian Whitner. Brian, how are you doing this evening? That's good, Brian. Um, <laughs> what's up, Brian? Hello? Brian? Apparently, Brian is not on the line. That's interesting. So I'm going to hang up on him, and Brian, if you're listening, call back in. Um, and it turns out, you know, something about work is happening. So, you know, I'm just going to give a quick uh, opening to everyone here. Tonight, it's uh, three shows tonight. We've got Starcade 97 with the famous Hogan-Sting match. We have um, last week's NXT TakeOver Our Evolution show and Sunday night's TLC show. So, yes, we have one incredibly awesome show and one show that, re- I don't say, TLC didn't blow. TLC was fucking boring, but uh, didn't blow, to say the least. 
Um, and of course, talk about Stark. Uh, yeah, Stark 97 will be the first thing we review tonight. Now, the big thing uh, is next week, Christmas Eve, and then New Year's Eve. Uh, Brian and I will be doing a series of year in review shows that we're taping this coming weekend. Um, so there won't be any live shows until January 7th. Um, and that and that time we're reviewing uh, some Royal Rumbles in January to get us ready for the big show at the end of the month. Now, of course, I did promise that we were going to do a uh, NXT and TLC recap show on its own earlier this week. Um, we didn't want to do it Sunday, and then Monday, Brian was too tired to do it and refused to let me do it by myself, and so we decided to slam them all in here. And it looks like Brian's going to be back here in the line with us in just a second. Welcome back, Brian. So you hang up on me after a legit reason to leave? Well, I did. I honestly hung up on you before I read the text, so I figured uh-huh. there's something. I figured there's something wrong with your phone, and so nope. I hung up on you. Told told you to call back, and when I, and then I looked at my phone. The listeners heard me. You can go back two minutes and listen. Oh, I will. Oh, I'm sure you will. Um, I was telling everyone about our plan. What what smart-ass comment did you say about me? I said that you sucked, and, you know, I'm getting a new co-host starting January 7th. Nice. Who's it going to be? Probably just me. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I figure I talk enough anyway. I mean, why the hell not, right? Um, This is very true. I'll just I'll just rename it the Emerson Whitner Hour, and, you know. And also, um, in between, I was telling everyone that uh, we're doing our uh, tape New Year's and Christmas Eve shows this coming weekend. So then we won't have a live show until 2015, when we'll Sad be doing time. some oil. Yep. And I did blame you as to why we weren't on earlier this week to talk about NXT and TLC, leaving it all to do tonight. Three shows in in ninety minutes. Well, I guess at this point it's about eighty-four minutes and ten seconds, nine seconds, eight seconds. Um, Phil, uh, anything you want to say to the people before we get going, Brian? I'm sorry that I was delayed on bringing all of you wonderful people my voice this week. Yeah, and it's funny because when I. You didn't even hear how I introed you, did you? No, that's what I'm saying. Like, how did you intro yeah. me? Yeah, I introduced you saying that uh, something like, "And here's the guy who will get, will be able to say, oh, when I shut up, we'll be able to get a word in edgewise, Brian Whitner." And I'm like waiting and waiting and nothing. <laughs> and I'm like, it's the best. Com- it was the best joke you've ever done. You weren't even here to do it. Well, that's how good I am. Um, it's like, yeah. All righty. And then I'm we've also that got some... damn good. Yeah. We've also got some new audio clips also to play tonight. Uh, and that's it. So, you know, you, let's get well, into we, the arcade. We also, have, we also have one more preview to go through, and that's the preview of the championship match of the Whitner... 2K14 oh, yes. Fantasy Football League. Yes. Um, fantasy Football, we'll get into more of this at the end of the show tonight. But yes, this coming weekend, I've got a chance to win two Fantasy Football Championships. And in one of them, 
I get to whoop my co-host ass. Uh, no. No. Yeah. So, so, somehow yeah. Jay Culler decided, oh, let's throw a touchdown the last 20 seconds of the game that was pointless up until that 20 seconds to knock off the, yeah. the guy who was 12 and 1. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it was like Bra- a New City miracle. Brian did. Brian did beat Preston Plants, and I just hung up on him. Um, <laughs> um, so Brian, I'll call back in just a second, and if he brings up the Music City Miracle again, I'm going to hang up on him again. Um, so Starcade '97. Um, it was at least to this point the most bought pay-per-view in WCW history. And welcome back, Brian. I I uh, trust you won't mention a forward pass ever again on this show. <laughs> you know they tried to do that again this past week, but the Jets totally sniffed it out. You know that my finger's on the hang-up button, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. I will stop. Hey, eight, eight and six, baby. You know, and we're playing Oakland this week, so for the love of Christ, if we can't beat Oakland. Well, you never know. You never know. We, well, we shouldn't have lost to the fucking Dolphins a few weeks ago, so we should be 9-5. and five. And really, that was because of the fucking referees. And really, the fucking referees screwed us out of the Denver game, too. So, really, we should be 10-4, and four, but, you know. Yeah, wasn't that, like, wasn't that the game where the referees, like, high-fived or fist-bumped the Denver players yes. after they, they got yes. back or something on you? Yes. Yes. Those yeah, but that's So anyway, like I was saying, Starcade '97. It was up to that point the most bought pay per view in WCW history, and uh, it was probably the most bought pay per view not named WrestleMania up to that point. And honestly, I don't know if this got a bigger buy rate than Bash at the Beach with Malone and Rodman, because I know those are the two. You know that are one and two. Whichever one is slightly mm-hmm. better than the other one, um, I need to figure. I need to find that out. But yeah, those are your two most bought WCW pay-per-views ever, and it was pretty much all downhill. We'll get into all that here in just a few minutes. Um, the point of this show was it was built up as the ultimate revenge show for WCW that the that the NWO was finally going to get their comeuppance, and. Mm-hmm. We'll get into how WCW got their comeuppance here. Um, yes, the comeuppance. Yes. There were five WCW NWO matches. And, uh, yeah, uh, it shouldn't surprise too many what uh, side really won most of them. Um, they all ended but in the Yeah, but we're going to start with Eddie Guerrero versus Dean Malenko for the Cruiserweight title. Eddie was champion at the time. Eddie and Dean had just a number of outstanding matches in ECW uh, two years earlier. This was not one of them. No, this did not live up to the hype that ECW matches uh, gave out, that's for sure. See, the funny thing is, though, this was probably the best match on the show, what'd you think? Sadly, yes. Yeah. Although I think it's slightly behind Buff Sagal and Lex Luger. Slightly yeah, off the, oh, the six man bag. Oh, oh, oh yeah, B- Bagwell Luger. That that was a five and a half star Instant match. How did I forget? Classic. Yeah, yeah. If this was ESPN Classic, that would have been airing. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Bagwell and Luger. Oh boy. Yeah. 
Um, but before we get into that <laughs> epic that, encounter, oh, uh, that, and that fantastic six man tag, oh my god! Yeah, yeah, oh, before we get into I, I those two, I couldn't sleep last night. I I know it's like uh, the awesomeness of uh, Mike Jones in a on pay per view in 1997 in a pushed match. <laughs> um, oh, classic. And. Uh, Let's see here. So Eddie Guerrero retained the title. He held on to it for 24 more hours before losing to Ultimo Dragon in like 60 seconds on Nitro the next night. Oof. Yeah. And then Dragon then lost to Juventud Guerrero on the first Thunder. Guerrero lost to Mysterio a week later. And Mysterio lost to Jericho at sold out two weeks after that. So literally that between... title balance, sir. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah. If we were to review sold out next week, and we're not, spoiler alert. Thank God. Uh, yeah, we would have literally had to mention that there were four, I guess the three cruiserweight title changes before that, and then the fourth one on the pay per view. Um, and by the way, right, Saturday. Oh yes. When uh, by the way, we weren't giving out the actual date, but I guess you just did. Yeah, we're, we're getting drunk off our ass Saturday night to tape those two shows for everyone. Yeah. And I hope Brian. I hope Brian's working just because, you know, he. he I, no, that's I, what I we're doing on Saturday. Yeah, because Brian will be at work. That's probably the best day um, for me to be, to be able to do them. Alrighty. So then we get our first WCW versus NWO match. It's the Steiner Brothers and Ray Trailer, commonly oh. known as the Big oh. Boss Man, Guardian Angel, Big Bubba Rogers. Take your pick of what gimmick he has. Versus the NWO team, a former WWF and WCW World Champion, Macho Man Randy Savage, future mm-hmm. IW, future IWGP Champion Scott Flash Norton, and Virgil, wrestling superstar Vincent <laughs> Virgil Shane. It's Mike Jones, ladies and gentlemen. Head of NWO security, Mike Jones. Yes. Bitch. And, Brian, um, do you know when the last time Virgil won a match on pay-per-view was? Before oh, this? One? Yes, oh, before uh, this one. Probably uh, maybe that 10-man he did at a SummerSlam for WWF. Or 8-man. He was like WrestleMania 8, maybe? He did like a 10-man yeah. or something like that. Exactly. It was the WrestleMania 8, 8-man tag five and a half years <laughs> earlier, and the drought was ended right? here. Yes. Wow. Yes. Vincent that, won that, here. That's luck. Now, mind that you, he didn't get luck. the pin. He didn't get the pin. Now, originally nope. in this match, was, it was supposed to be Conan instead of Randy Savage, and then the baby faces were going to go over. But Randy Savage, well, Conan was injured, and they asked Randy to do the match, and he'd only do it if they went over. And... You know, caused some grumbling with the Steiners because, A, not only were they supposed to win, but they lost. B, normally in Steiner Brother matches, Rick is the one that does the job, but they had Scott do it. And Scott was pissed off that he had to do a job, you know, to Macho Man Randy Savage. I mean, you know, a complete jobber like Randy Savage. Um so here on the Ultimate WCW Revenge Show, that's NWO1, WCW0. Oh, yes. And, you know, 
you know, Vincent, you know, more than pulled his weight. He he was, you know, just amazing doing four fifty toe pain. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, I he did one or two uh four fifty splashes too. Yep, yep. Oh, and we forgot to mention before this match, Kevin Nash had his heart attack when he woke up and found out he was putting the Giant over, and so they never did Giant versus Kevin Nash. So Giant came out to address the situation. Scott Hall came out for what apparently was going to be a replacement match, and then Giant just power bombed him and walked away. And so we never even got the replacement match. Nope, barely broke a sweat. The Giant did. Well, you know, at that point he was breaking a sweat walking to the ring, so it's yeah, it's true. Um, and then up next. We got by far the shortest match on the show, Goldberg versus Mongo McMichael. Dear God, I hope that's all. <laughs> For the f- they would wrestle twice more in the next week and a half, both the next night on Nitro and then a week and a half later on the first episode of Thunder. And, and guess what, folks? Goldberg won spoil- them all. Spoiler alert, Mongo did not break the streak. Um, Demon Goldberg. Close. Nope. He did take a bump through a table, though. Yes, yes. Very nice bump. Yep. And why the referee did not call for disqualification, I'm not really sure. I don't know. I, I figure referees are blind and stupid. I so. mean, this wasn't a Ravens Rules match, so. No, it wasn't. Um, but no. uh, Goldberg did pull off the win. Went to 24-0. and zero. Why do I know that? Because they always looked at the win the next night as win number 25. So, it's really quite simple. I agree. Um, then we had uh, the scheduled match was Chris Benoit versus Raven. And, you know, Raven's rules match, which is just, you know, if you've ever watched Raven wrestle, it's all of his matches. It's a junk hardcore rules match and Raven came out and decided that he was going to be the third person to be in an advertised match and not compete and he was replaced by Saturn Saturn without Moppy yeah. or Terry very sad by that no. uh, yes no uh, Terry was still in the WWF and Moppy was um, three years and uh, one beating of a job or later um, well, Moppy was still mopped. So, yeah. Yes. It was cleaning up, you know, the bathtub in Titan Towers or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're building up Chris Benoit for this match with Raven, and Perry Saturn picks up the victory. Of course he does. Of course. That's how they roll. Yep. They did do the 5,000 people interfering gimmick, Benoit fought most of them off, but Saturn won when Raven just walked over and gave Benoit DDT. It was really that simple. Yes. So in future matches, we, Chris Benoit, just give him a DDT and he's done. That's it. Yes. And now we get to our final four matches. All four of them. WCW versus NWO on the big WCW Revenge show. And yes. First up, 
representing Team WCW, former two-time world heavyweight champion Lex Luger, and representing the NWO, Buff Bagwell. Now, of course, you know, Luger, two-time world champion, including just three months earlier. Brian, I'm sure Luger went in there and racked Bagwell and won the match, right? Of course. Wrong. Well, okay, fine. Maybe uh, there's a whole bunch of interference and Luger pinned Bagwell after fighting it off, right? Wrong. Okay, well, maybe, you know, uh, the NWO ran and interfered, and it was a disqualification victory for Luger, and Luger then cleaned the house and was standing left with his arm raised at the end, right? <clears throat> Bagwell chicken shitted out, ran away for a count out, and Luger won? <clears throat> so wait a second. If Luger didn't win by pinfall, and Luger didn't win by submission, and Luger didn't win by count out, and Luger didn't win by disqualification, how did Luger win? There was a draw. Oh. No, Emerson, Luger did not win. Wait, what? What? Yep, yep. I'm sadly going to tell you that, but I'm sadly going to tell you and all of our listeners that Lex Luger did not beat Buff Bagwell in this match. Buff Bagwell, in the longest match of the night, by the way, 16 minutes, 36 seconds, pinned Lex Luger. Question one, why the hell would you give Buff Bagwell and Lex Luger 16 and a half minutes? Not only that, it's like, like Bagwell went over, you know, you, you can give the excuse, okay, Bagwell won, you have to push a new guy, that's fine. But at Sold Out, you know who was in the main event of Sold Out, Brian? Lex Luger? You know who was in the semi-main event of Super Brawl, Brian? Lex Luger? Yes. And you know where Buff Bagwell was on both of those shows? Did he even wrestle on those shows? Neither of them, no. (laughs) Well, I don't know. Poor Buff. Yes. And that was, it was, you want to review the match? It was a 16-minute Buff Bagwell-Lex Luger match. Imagine in your head what a 16-minute Buff Bagwell-Lex Luger match would be, and that's what we got here. Horrible, horrible. Lex does some type of offense. Horrible. Buff Bagwell wins after NWO interferes and hits, and Savage hits Luger with, no, Norton hits Luger with uh, Rick Steiner's dog collar? Mm-hmm. Which is hilarious, yeah. you know, Rick Steiner's not in the NWO. <laughs> and then we have what was technically the fourth replacement in a match as Diamond Dallas Page uh, took on Kurt Hennig for Kurt Hennig's U.S. title. The match was supposed to be Hennig versus Flair in a cage, and then they angled out of that match. They uh, attacked... Uh, they did an injury angle with Flair two weeks earlier, and not only did Flair not show up, neither did the cage. So they had Paige wrestle Hennig in a one-on-one match. And poor Paige. Cage. Yep. Poor Cage. We poor remember cage. the cage. Poor Cage. Yes. Moment of silence for the cage. Okay. Thank you. Um, and... Uh, so, and by the way, I'd like to point out that Hennig and Flair 
didn't I don't think they wrestled again on TV for like a year and a half. So, you know, mm. Flair come Flair really came back to get his revenge, you know. Of course. Um, this is WCW after all. It is. Um, it is. Free you know, stuff. Uh, in, there were five WCW NWO matches, and we've done two of them so far, and we'll do two of them here in just a minute. And this was the only time WCW won clean. Like, WCW wow. won without, like, out, without any bullshit, without any whatever. Diamond Dallas Page hit the diamond cutter, defeated Kurt Hennig, and won the U.S. title for the very first time. His first major title, which is wrong, but yeah. Yes, he he was the TV champion. He beat the Renegade for it. Yes. Held it for a brief uh, but, time, but yes, he was the TV uh, champion. By the way, the fucking commentary. Not not saying that Heenan was great, because he really wasn't at this time, but because they did an angle where Heenan joined the NWO the week before as the NWO announcer, um, they didn't want to use him on the show. And so they had uh, Tanae, Shivani, and Dusty Rhodes, baby. The American Dream, if you will, baby. And, oh boy, Dusty Rhodes is worse than Bobby Heenan could ever dream of being. And he likes to beat his meat. Yes, so he I does. Play it. It's funny because I bet you put Dusty on commentary, he'd be better than half the guys in WWE right now. Probably. Especially fucking better than Tom Phillips. I hate that yeah. man. Put him and on Alex, NXT, please, Dusty Rhodes. He, he is on. Oh, oh, Dusty. I'm like Tom Phillips is on NXT. No, no, no. <laughs> yes, like, I know he's on okay. NXT. I, I actually watched our Evolution, both parts of it. Oh Jesus Christ! You can't even see you watching the entire goddamn show. <laughs> yeah, well I did. Wait, <sighs> but I watched it. To me, some credit. I love that the best show that WWE's put on in the last six months put you to sleep. Sorry. It was a very entertaining show, but we'll get into more of that in a bit. But first, we've got to talk about the semi-main event of the show. The next-to-last match. The penultimate event. The It was Larry Zabisco versus Eric Bischoff. Special guest referee, the man who just got screwed out of the WWF title eight weeks earlier and was the hottest free agent perhaps in the world, Brett the Hitman Hart, in here to referee the match between 40-something Larry Zabisco and late 30-something Eric Bischoff. And and the battle was over who got control of WCW Monday Nitro. What, what, better, also, person, what better person to referee this match? Like I can think of Bre- a list of people better than Bret Hart to wrestle to referee this match. But the, the, like like, you know what? Let's go Bret Hart. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I'd like to point out uh, to out, I gave Bischoff more credit than he deserved. Uh, Zabisco had just turned 46 before this match, and Bischoff was 42. Oh, okay. I would say Bischoff was great a couple of years later. So damn, he turned well, great pretty well, early. No, oh yeah, he was he was gray in his twenties. Just he always dyed his hair. Um, and uh, Bischoff injured himself training for this match, so you already take a shitty match and make the shittier of the two workers injured. And it's a Larry Zabisco match, which is not exactly 
action-packed. And no, on top no, of that, no. on top of that, Brian, Larry Zabisco did win, but how did Larry Zabisco defeat non-wrestler Eric Bischoff to win this match and win control of Nitro for WCW? I like that it's Okay. Well, I'll tell you. Um, well, you need to talk into the phone because you went away there, Brian. I'm sorry. Bret Hart punched him in the face and I think that's how the match ended, correct? Well, sort of. Um, the end of the match was Bret Hart was allegedly with the NWO. Um, and uh, Scott Hall, who was in Bischoff's corner, put a block of metal inside Eric Bischoff's kick pad. And Eric Bischoff went to kick Zabisco in the side of the head, and the block of metal went flying out, perhaps knocking out somebody in the eighth row. Probably. I don't know what the hell Brian's doing over there, but he sure is making noise, isn't he, folks? Sorry. Um, so, yeah, the the piece of metal in the kick pad went flying out. It was a comedy of errors, basically. And mm-hmm. Red Hart being- Bret Hart seeing this attempt, you know, all he had to do was count the pin for Eric Bischoff and would have gotten three hours of NWO Nitro every week. But thankfully for us all, Bret Hart punched Eric Bischoff and disqualified him in the process. That's how you should disqualify people from now on. Did you want uh, you want Mike Kyoto punching somebody in the face on Raw? Sure. May help the ratings. I, I, well, they couldn't get much worse. No. Um, um, and so that was that. Larry Zabisco, winner by disqualification, and would go on to sold out to Sports Entertain against Scott Hall. And lose, I think, doesn't he? No, no. He won by disqualification when Dusty Rhodes, of all people, joined the NWO. Oh, that's right, yep. That's like still the most amazing fact that Dusty Rhodes was a member of the New World Order. I'm let's, over here. Let's let Brian think about that one, and while he's eating over there, and he can't wait. I to am eat. not. Uh huh. Uh huh. What are you eating? Spice drops. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's something, Brian. I don't know how to tell you that. And then up next. Sting, who had been in the rafters for 15 months, finally comes out of the rafters to wrestle Hulk Hogan, who had been the dominant WCW champion for most of the last 16 months. And this was it. The match that everyone was waiting for. The match that everyone was at the edge of their seats for this match that they paid Hundreds of thousands of dollars in tickets. 600,000 people bought the show on pay-per-view. There's no way WCW could ever fuck this up. And then WCW fucked it up. Fucked it up. (laughs) Um, The first thing, and I didn't look at this as that big of a deal, but a lot of people do, so I'm going to count it, was that Sting didn't repel from the ceiling for the match. He just walked down to the ring, down the ramp, like everyone else. And honestly, I think that was better than repelling from the ceiling, but what am I going to say? But I will give them credit for this. They did have one spectacular laser light show. 
I'm so amazed after after how many years, almost 20 years later, that that late show was pretty cool. It looked pretty amazing. Yes, I'm more amazed that WCW did it. Mhm. Mhm. And so this match, the ultimate revenge match for W for Sting, WCW. Hulk Hogan dominated for about 11 minutes of it, and. He just beat on Sting and beat on Sting and beat on Sting some more. And then when he wasn't uh, beating on Sting, he beat on Sting some more. And then came the most talked about finish in wrestling history. Hulk Hogan sent Sting into the ropes. He gave him the big boot. He came off of the ropes and hit the big leg. He covered Sting. And You're Nick wrong, Patrick by the count- way. What am I wrong he never about? Gave him the, he, ne- he never gave him the big boot. He body slammed him. Whatever. And then leg dropped him. Whatever. So he gave him the big leg. And then Nick Patrick drops, and he counts one. And then Nick Patrick gets up, and he walks and has a cup of coffee and, you know, a sandwich. No, he hadn't had dinner yet. Uh, Nick Patrick then returns. And, yeah, Patrick then returns and counts to two. And then he gets up and goes to watch all six Rocky movies, including the one that won't be released for almost ten years after the uh, show happened. And then he returns and counts to three. Yes. On this, the ultimate show that WCW is finally getting the revenge on Hogan, finally getting the revenge on the NWO, Hulk Hogan cleanly pinned Sting in the middle of the ring. He didn't cleanly pin him. He had a hole of his tights. He cleanly pinned him. Sting never <laughs> kicked out. You know, they tried to claim later on it was a fast count, but it was a fast count. Shouldn't Sting have somehow kicked out or something? Probably. Um, well, Hogan pinned Sting. Of course, before Nick Patrick could call for the bell, and Bret Hart just happened to be wandering around ringside for some reason. And, like, it was never explained why Bret Hart would just randomly be out there anyway. And also, we never actually saw him. Like, we never actually saw him come down. It's like, all of a sudden, there's Bret Hart. And he's Mm -hmm. standing there by the timekeeper's table. It's like, really? And the whole point of this was, and this was not picked up very well over a muffled WCW microphone, was that Bret had been screwed in Montreal, and he vowed to never let this happen again and claimed that there had been a fast count. Spoiler alert, as we just mentioned, there was no fast count. Like that was Nope. Probably, that was probably the slowest Dick Patrick three count ever, too, which is hilarious. And Hogan pinned Sting. But either way, Bret Hart said, what the fuck? He decided, you know, that was a screwed-up finish. I'm going to fix the finish. And he sent Hogan back into the ring. Sting fired up, hit the Scorpion Splash, put on the Scorpion Deathlock. Hogan verbally submitted. He never tapped. None of the cameras heard him submit. He wasn't really nodding his head, but it counted. And the fans, who didn't want to believe they just saw Hogan pin Sting, exploded as Sting's hand was raised and awarded temporarily the world title. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on the match, Brian? None. The match is horrible. 
it was it was one of those matches that the built the match itself is not as good as the built. The build oh, for it. Honestly, it would have probably been impossible for the match to be as good as the build. No, but at least the better so, match would have been nice. But mm-hmm. so then the show ended with the WCW locker room running into the ring, and I forget was this the one where Dean Malenko tried to pat someone on the back and they just ignored him and walked away. Either this so, yeah. one Luger, is either this or when Luger won. Uh, I just remember, and I didn't look for it. I should have looked for it. Um, Malenko's standing there in his, uh, 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 whatchamacallit, in his clothes, and his clothes, his street gear, and uh, uh, he goes to high-five whoever won the title and just ignore him and walk by. And that, <laughs> that was the show. Probably. 17,000 17, people sell out. 600,000 people bought the pay-per-view, and it was the beginning of the end, pretty much. Yep. <laughs> 550,000 of those 600,000 probably wanted a refund. Yeah. <clears throat> and at the end of the day, all we wanted was for Sting to beat Hogan, and WCW couldn't even give us that. Nope. Sad. Very sad indeed. Yep. Yep. And so that was that. So thumbs down show, right? Sounds about right. I mean, not quite as low as uh, December to remember, but December, December to, to remember. remember. Yeah, yep. not quite as low as that, but yeah, definitely, definitely a thumbs down. Alrighty. So, you know, I was going through YouTube the other day to find some stuff to play, and uh, I stumbled upon. The Mobile Homers, who were a tag team in Derby City Wrestling, which was the, I guess it would be nice to say, the uh, pe- the sister company of WWE's sister company. This, they were in Derby City, which was the sister company of OVW, which was the developmental company of WWE for at the time. And I discovered their barbecue jug band. And I can't explain it anymore. The what? But I'll, I'm going to play it for you, Brian. Barbecue Jug Band. Here we go. Wow, look at this bountiful yeah. beat. Mm-hmm. All right, now, boys, let's have a little bit of manners and let's say grace. Hey! No! Oh, hey! Come on! That ain't how you Come say on. it. It goes like this. Go ahead. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Whoever eats the fastest gets the most. Yeah! Yeah! yeah. yeah. You bloody heathens. You don't eat like that. You Honestly, you use a napkin and knife and fork. I've got a bill for you for the last five weeks. Oh. You've made a mess of my... 
Well, they kicked oh, off they at least did, on the right. Did that, if they did that, what the hell were they watching? Because yeah, yeah it was horrible. Well, well they box. kicked off with the they kicked off with the best thing on the show, Luke Harper and Dolph Ziggler in a ladder match for the IC title. I don't know what the hell the announcers were smoking because JBL kept going on and on and on that Dolph w- could win the IC title in a ladder match for the second time. And, you know, maybe I'll be proven wrong and Brian will remind me of something, but I don't remember Dolph ever winning the title in a ladder match before. He beat The Miz a few times, and he beat I'm sure he beat Kofi one time for the belt, and none of them were ladder matches. Um and it was Ziggler's hometown. They were in Cleveland. Uh, so they announced him from Cleveland as opposed to Hollywood. And this was a real fucking car crash of a match. By the way, if you took a shot every time they said Demolition Derby on the show, you'd have been hammered, you know, an hour into the show. Um, at one point, it looked like Harper broke his arm when it got caught in a ladder. But thankfully, he didn't. He was back wrestling the next night. Ziggler got cut on the top of his head and the bridge of his nose, so they brought up the doctor, but he had to shove him away because him and Harper, you know, continued the match, made it look believable. Um, crowd was fucking hot for it. Uh, the announcers actually did do something right and put both Dolph and the belt over pretty strong when Dolph climbed up and got it. And this was the match. You know, this and the Cena-Rollins match were the two matches when we went over this last week, that I said they were either going to be really, really good or they were going to be really, really, really bad. And this match was really, really, really good. Um, yes, it was. You think it was of... excellent. Yeah. Easily the best match of the night, you know. Easily. Four, four, <laughs> four, four and a quarter stars. I'd probably rate it higher if it wasn't, uh, you know, if it wasn't for that Neville-Sammy Zayn match, to be honest. You know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was, uh, the, an awesome fucking opener and nothing could follow it. And we tried to nope. follow it with another, we tried to follow it with another Cleveland guy when the Miz and Miz Dow took on the Usos for the tag belts. And honestly, I'm already fed up with Miz Dow. I love Daniel How can you fed up with Miz Dow? I'm, I'm fed up with him it's like the joke has run its course it's like i'm like the tag team titles and i know that with them as the champions the tag team titles are going to have them on every show because you know vince is creaming his pants over mizdow as as a comedy gimmick but it's like i i'm so annoyed that the comedy match is for the tag titles other have the comedy match just be the comedy match why can't they wrestle the colon? Wrestle Slater, wrestle Slater Gator, like, like leave the tag belts to an actual good match, like, and of course the Usos who have had awesome matches all year long got to have this shit match. Um, and the finish, uh, Jimmy Uso did the dive over the top rope, and Miz hit him with the tag title belt for the DQ. And fucked me over 87 points. Well, so he really fucked me over on the prediction game because, you know, the, another reason to hate the fucking Miz is I ended up losing the prediction game because of this fucking match. Exactly. Oh, did you lose? Yeah, yeah. 
zigzag whatever his name is one uh her. yeah and so that was that speaking of things that bug the fuck out of me speaking Seth of Rollins, things that bug the fuck out of you Seth Rollins did an interview backstage and that wasn't what annoyed the fuck out of me he said that Triple H and Steph were watching on the network, and I joked that, you know, I wonder what Triple H does when the fucking network freezes on him. And, uh, <laughs> but the thing that really, bu- that didn't bug hold me on, at the time. On. I'll be back, I'll be back. Okay, well, this didn't bug me at the time, but it has bugged me since, was Sting's new nickname, the Vigilante Sting. And it's like, they're allegedly building up Sting to wrestle Hunter at WrestleMania, but it's like, I, I don't know. It's like, I understand they want to do something huge at Survivor Series to show people, hey, if you buy the network, you'll get big surprises like this every month. Which, obviously, by the way, anyone who bought the network is now like, dude, what the fuck? Because, you know, they didn't get a big surprise and they got a shitty show this time. But, uh, you know, they did the big surprise for Sting in November, and he's not going to wrestle until the end of March. You know, it's a, his deal is the most limited deal date in WWE history, more so than Lesnar's. Lesnar's was for 25 dates. Sting's is for five, and they've used one. Uh, they, really, they could have held off Sting until either the Rumble or whatever the hell that stupid pay-per-view in February is called, Fastlane or whatever. <sighs> then we got the Stairs match. Big Show... Eric Rowan I'm in a back. fucking in a fucking stairs match. Ever. By the way, the rules of this match, you know, uh, you could only use the stairs as weapons, and you know, so that means if somebody used a chair, for instance, it would have been a disqualification in the stairs match. Uh, this what? match, well. It's a stairs match. You can only use stairs. So if they would have used a chair, that would have been a disqualification. If they would have used a kendo, they'd use a kendo stick. That's a disqualification. And you know, yeah, big show. No. This match went forever, and this is. I wouldn't not know. Deep. Why wouldn't you know? Yeah. Because I caught it at the tail end of it, and yeah, I thank God for that. This will not be the last time that I say that this match went forever. (laughs) (sighs) Like, for the love of fucking Christ, this match. Like, they wrestled on Raw for three minutes a few weeks ago, and the match sucked so badly. And so let's give them ten minutes here on pay-per-view. To make it even more terrible. Yes. Terrible. Big Show won. Uh, you know, officially ending the push of Eric Rowan. Not that, there, not that there was much of one left at this point, but, you know, it was pretty much over at this point. Um, and Show won with a spear and he punched Rowan in the face, and then he laid the stairs on top of Rowan while pinning him for the win. Hmm. Next. Tables match for John Cena's title shot. 
Cena versus Rollins. Oh, boy. Is it the second best match or third best match? I think second. Uh, what would you put before this? The only other like one that could... Third. Like, the only one that could possibly be slightly better than this was TLC. True. Eh. And, you know, I imagine I'll get some crap by saying to people that the John Cena match was better than the Dean Ambrose match. But fuck it. The John Cena match was better than the Dean Ambrose match. The and by the way... This match is too predictable once, once the big show came out. He knew but, it was too predictable. But, well, it was too predictable when they announced the fucking match. It's like... It's like... We're the love of Christ, dude. Well, um, you knew John Cena was going to win, but, I mean, once Big Show came out, you knew Roman Reigns was somewhere lurking. Honestly, this match should have gone on last. You know, Am- Ambrose was yeah. why. We'll get to it later. But the crowd died after Dolph's match, and then they came back alive to an extent in this match, and then they died again for the rest of the show. Um, they mm. destroyed... They almost did a fucking draw on the tables match. They did a ref bump in the fucking tables match. By the way, they did the fucking ref bump. Cena put Rollins through the table. And then later on, as they're fighting and fighting, because J&J Security pulled the pulled the broken table out of the way so they couldn't be witnessed, they both went crashing through a table at ringside, which is when the referee woke up and called the bell. Fine. Whatever. Then two referees come running from the back. Now, did they run from the back to tell Mike Keogh to the referee that Cena put Rollins to the table five minutes earlier? No. They ran from the back to argue which person went to the table first. And between Cena and Rollins, they crashed through at the exact same time. Why? Where the hell were they five minutes earlier, Brian? Taking a piss break. I wouldn't be surprised. Outside smoking. They're they're behind the truck smoking a toke with RVD. Well, that would made sense. Uh, that's you know that's why Ambrose's ambulance was all smoky a few weeks ago on Raw when he came back. Exactly. You know, exactly. RVD Dam, was there. Him and Van Dam were partying before the segment. And um, Heyman. Heyman doesn't. Well, maybe I don't know. <laughs> anyway. They they restarted the match, Big Show came out, and then from section 104, because he couldn't just stand behind the fucking curtain, here comes Roman Reigns from section 104, and comes running down, and five minutes later when he gets to the ring, he spears and Superman punches Big Show, and then he gives uh, Rollins a punch in the yap, and Cena gives Rollins the AA through the table. <sighs> That's the match. And... That's when they announced that Lesnar and Cena was official for the Royal Rumble. Lesnar Cena yes. part seventeen. I know yes. I was surprised. It w- I was surprised it wasn't Rollins. And actually, if Rollins won, I was confident that Heath Slater was going to win the number one contender shot in a battle royal. <laughs> Probably. I-, I was pretty confident that if Seth Rollins lost, John Cena would somehow get his title match. I know. I had my money on Heath Slater, Brian. You know. Heath Slater. Yes, I had I had Hornswoggle in the office pool. Well, I he was the anonymous, the, the anonymous Raw general manager. By the way, did put Cena in this match, and just when he thought Cena and Hornswoggle were always friends, right? You know? And then, 
Well, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll let Brian tell us about the next match. Nikki Bella versus AJ Lee. Really? I, I, I turned I turned to all about the Cowboys game and this match started. I didn't know who won until about 20 minutes before we came on the show. I looked up WWE.com. Which shows that Brian was one of the people who watched Raw on Monday. Uh, Nikki Bella won. Sprayed, uh, sprayed AJ in the face with uh, hairspray and then hit her with the rack attack for the pin. And By the way, you, you'd like Nikki to give you the rack attack, wouldn't you? Yes, I would. Yes. Yeah, what them be are great. Yes, oh dear God. They can do whatever they want to me. I don't know. Would you let Naomi hit you in the face with her butt? Yes. You already here first, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I always like that Naomi's always in her gear, even though she never wrestles. I saw that on Facebook that you posted that, and I I, I would have to agree with you on that. She is, she is always in her gear. She never wrestles she, at all. Ex- it reminded me of when Rhino in TNA, he, for some reason, even though he'd never have a match, he'd always be in his gear. Uh, always and, be prepared. That's what the old-timers tell you. Be prepared. After a while, while TNA, I guess, took pity on him and gave him a sweatshirt because yeah. for the longest time, all <laughs> Rhino ever wore were his singlet and a sweatshirt. Rhino, you look old. Here, have a sweatshirt. Oh, thanks. Uh, I feel pretty sick. Yeah. Go cough on Monty Brown. Yeah. Uh, Roman Reigns attempted to say he was going to be in the Royal Rumble. I say attempted because, yes, it. I have. You knew what the point of his interview was, but he just could not say it. <laughs> and, hmm. but yes, he's going to be in the Rumble. Spoiler alert: Roman Reigns is going to win the Royal Rumble, barring, <laughs> barring Vince going crazy and. Deciding he has to change his mind again. You know what's go- what's going to happen if uh, uh, Roman Reigns gets injured like a week before the Rumble? Then I imagine Am- I imagine Ambrose because Brian's not going to be ready. Nope. When's he coming back? Yeah, there's no timetable for it. it. It could be soon. Could be six months from now. Oh. Well, then we got. Kane versus the Ryback in a chairs match for 10 minutes. This yes. match went on for ev fucking er. This was halftime of the Eagles Cowboys game, so I actually watched this match. For the love of Christ. <laughs> That's putting it nicely. Oh, my God. Like, who sat in the back? This has to be like a rib on everybody. Who sat in the back and decided this match had to go ten minutes? Triple H. I don't think it was Hunter. I'm I'm sure it was Vince. Because, you know, it's funny because they had eight eight matches on the show. And normally they have, like... They'll normally announce five, and then when they put it together, they'll put some jobber matches in there to fill up any time that was needed. But, like, they had eight matches, which, you know, in theory, you know, I figured, okay, they'll do 
three minutes to show in Rome. They'll give five minutes to Ryback and Kane, and they'll have some time for, say, Rusev and Swagger. And the exact nope. opposite happened. The exact opposite happened. I think Rusev, Rusev and Swagger must not have gone that long. It went like two minutes. They went like two minutes. Like th- this match went on forever. The crowd finally got into it when Ryback at the very finish when Ryback hit the shell shock, and that was it. It's like it well, felt like it went why, half. That, well, they knew the match was over. That's why. It went like half. It seemed like it went half a fucking hour. Thankfully, it didn't. Yeah. You know they did. Uh, they brought back Ryback's pyro that you never see. And keep in mind, how often do they even use pyro these days? It's like... That is pyro's true. Ex- they, they should bring pyro's that, ex- that back. Well, pyro's expensive, and, you know, they're losing money because of this fucking network because they bastardized their pay-per-views and cannibalized all that shit. And the yeah. network's fucking doing shitty numbers. We'll talk, about, we'll talk more about that next week and the week after. But, uh... You know, this fucking match, 10 fucking minutes long, Ryback wins, and that gives us two minutes of Rusev and Swagger. Rusev and Swagger had a good match at Battleground, and they had a really good match at SummerSlam. Then come into TLC and wrestle for two minutes. They went right to the finish as soon as the bell rang. It was like they were told to take it home while Swagger was still in the uh, uh, in the dusty, or not the dusty place, um, in the gorilla position. And, mm-hmm. like, Rusev won with the accolade. No one was surprised, but we were all surprised that, you know, after giving 20 minutes to the chairs match and the stairs match, we got three minutes for Rusev Swagger. And by the way, the fans were so into this one that there was a fight in the stands. Yeah, someone's going to try that. (laughs) Yes. TLC time. The other match that nobody gave two craps about. Nope. Dean Ambrose, Bray Wyatt, it's a namesake match, and people would have bitched, and people would have moaned, but for the love of Christ, Cena should have gone last. Because yeah. the crowd the crowd blew their wad at Cena, and nothing could follow it. And they also blew a second wad at Roman Reigns. So, th- there were your wads for the night. And then we have this match, which was 20-plus minutes of Dean Ambrose falling from high places. Sounds about right. Yes. And the finish of the match was Ambrose went under the ring to retrieve a monitor, because this is a tables, ladders, chairs, and monitors match. And (laughs) the the best part, Michael Cole, like, someone must have been giving Michael Cole shit all night, because he was fucking pissed at this point. And, like, JBL (laughs) got in his case, like, why the hell is there a monitor on the table? And so Cole goes off on him, and, and he's like, how long have you been working here? They had fucking monitors under there because there's technicians under there. They have to see what the hell they're doing. And <laughs> Sadly, the show was off the air within three minutes before Cole could flip out on him some more. Um, a- Ambrose went into the ring. He went and started running with the thing. The cord was too short. You would hear people laughing at Ambrose. So he backs up and tries it again. The cords explode in his face, and Bray Wyatt pins Dean Ambrose. Hmm. Ryan, you know when the you know when the last time Ambrose won a match on pay per view? 
All I noticed is when the Shield had their uh, six-man tag against uh, Evolution. Yep, that uh, was the last extreme thing. Extreme rules. Oh, it was actually payback. They did the two the two matches payback, yeah. that Shield won both. Yeah, and then Ambrose lost Money in the Bank. They didn't do a match at Battleground. Uh, Ambrose lost to Rollins at Night of Champions or not Night of Champions, but SummerSlam. Uh, then they then there's a whole thing with Roman Reigns being injured and Ambrose coming back at Night of Champions. And then Ambrose won, uh, lost at Hell in a Cell. Ambrose lost by DQ last month. Ambrose lost here. If you didn't know any better, it's Daniel Bryan, and he's winning the title at WrestleMania. But that was TLC. Dolph Ziggler, that match by itself, it's a thumbs in the middle. Like, if the rest of the show was half as good as that, it would have been an easy thumbs up. But the rest of the show Mm -hmm. almost dragged it down to a thumbs down. (sighs) Anything else to say about the show, Brian? Not really. I just kind of Jay Cutler got done. The highest paid player in uh, the league, who, by the way, no is fans. on your is on your fantasy yeah. team. By the way, yeah. Yes, I, I know the Summers thing. That's why I'm bringing this up. So, so I guess I have to go on the waiver right wires and pick up Jimmy Clausen and pray to God he doesn't up too bad. Oh dear God! Who does he even okay. play for? Huh? Who does he even play for? Oh, Clausen? The Bears? Yeah. He's the backup. Oh. Well, I'm like, there's, there has to be some other quarterback out there that hasn't been taken other than Jimmy Clausen. This is like Joy. Uh-huh. Like, I have I have four quarterbacks on my team. And you like, want to trade? <laughs> no, I, no, I don't. Give me your best player, and I'll give you Roth. Give me your best player, and I'll give you Roethlisberger. I am not giving you Brady. Okay, then no. All right, before we get into NXT, we we need a break. Wouldn't you agree, Brian? Sure. Yes, Brian agrees. Three, two, one. Toy and Abbott in the morning. And we're back with Greendale's resident animal expert, Starburns. My name's Alex. Starburns joins us with his pet turtle, Shelly. Now, I understand Shelly can eat over five mice a day. That's impressive. Turtles don't eat mice. What do they eat? I don't know. Pellets? I have no idea. That's disappointing. That's not good. Look, what is going on here? I was studying for my econ midterm. You guys walk in, you hand me this turtle, and then you tell me to smile for the folks at home. I, what folks at home? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. These things give you salmonella, you know. Let's go to Garrett with a check on the weather. It's still sunny. Uh. I love community. Sure. Well, hey, it was still sunny. What what do you want? And actually, speaking of community, you know, I have my uh, speech that I play from uh, with Jeff. I got to play one other one here for you, Brian. And you know, I know how much you enjoy the first speech, so I got to play the second one for you. All right, everybody. I want to say something. Sit down. You don't have to yell. I appreciate your talk. You know what makes humans different from other animals? Feet. No, no, no. Come on, bears have feet. We're the only species on Earth that observes Shark Week. 
Sharks don't even observe Shark Week, but we do. For the same reason, I can pick up this pencil, tell you its name is Steve, and go like this. Oh. And part of you dies, just a little bit on the inside, because people can connect with anything. We can sympathize with a pencil, we can forgive a shark, and we can give Ben Affleck an Academy Award for screenwriting. People can find the good in just about anything but themselves. You are all better than you think you are. You are just designed not to believe it when you hear it from yourself. I want you to look to the person to your left. Sorry, look at the person sitting next to you. Look at her, okay. Yeah. I want you to extend to that person the same compassion that you extend to sharks, pencils, and Ben Affleck. I want you to say to that person, I forgive you. 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 Pierce, I'd like you to say, I forgive you. You can say? I forgive you. You've just stopped being a study group. You've become something unstoppable. I hereby pronounce you a community. Did you just make me listen to? That was, was another speech from Community. Oh, 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 okay. Next. Bite me. <laughs> and see, this is how I know you didn't watch Ella Enchanted this past weekend like I did. Because if you told Ella to bite you, she, because she had that curse that she had to obey everything and people told her, she would literally have bitten me. Sure. There are worse things in this world than having Anne Hathaway bite me. But, yeah. you know, that's just me. This is <sighs> NXT TakeOver, Our Evolution. Where it's, yes. a, it's, a show that, it's a show that aired six days ago that we're reviewing now because of Brian. I'm sorry. You should be. On the pre-show, Corey Graves announced that due to injuries, he was retiring effective immediately and would join the broadcast team. And he pretty much was yeah. the CM Punk. He was the CM Punk of NXT, so it was kind of funny to see a week or two after Punk, you know, put down all the doctors in WWE that uh, Graves was out here bragging about how great the doctors were and what have you. <laughs> hmm. Kev, uh, yeah, Kevin Owens. I almost called him Keith Owens again. But Kevin Owens was up first up. Uh, to battle NXT's resident hippie, C.J. Parker, who busted Owens wide open with a third eye. And Owens, wearing the crimson mask, beat the holy fuck out of Parker. I don't blame him. Parker is so happy that Owens turned heel at the end of this show because he didn't have to put up with another beating. Oh, uh, Emerson, spoiler alert, damn it. Yeah, spoiler Y'all alert, and an angle that most people didn't stick around to watch happened. Um, nope. <laughs> no, I didn't. Nope, Ben. I had almost finished my review and emailed it in by the time that happened. It's a good thing my email is being a dick because I would have sent it in without seeing that. Uh, but anyway, we'll get to that here in about ten minutes. But first, uh, Owen's got the holy shit chant going with uh, his flip dive over the top rope into Parker and then he won with a pop-up power bomb. Did you watch this match, Brian? I did not. I told you, the only watch, the only match I watched was 
Jamie Zane and Adrian Neville. That was well worth my time. Well, I would yell at you, but, you know, that really was a five-star match, so I'll, I'll let it go for it now. It was. Thank you. Thank you. Tag Team Champions, Lucha Dragons versus my favorite tag team, the Vaude Villains. <laughs> and they would be your favorite tag team. Well, you, you didn't watch. You didn't know how awesome they are. Made in English, uh, he's now engaged to Shaw Guerrero. I saw that. I saw and that. Raquel, the former congrats. Raquel Diaz. Yes. yes, congrats. Yes. Um, but, you know, even though he got uh, uh, engaged this week, he did not win the championships. As uh, the Dragons went for the double flip dive to the outside, but English pushed Gotch out of the way and took the bullet for the team. Gotch then threw Callisto in the ring and immediately got hit with the Salida del Sol, and the Lucha Dragons retained the belts. They did announce they did announce there would be a Kevin Owens interview next week, which was followed by Baron Corbin beating Ty Dillinger in 39 seconds. Yeah. Uh, and the stare down Bull Dempsey was impressive. Yes, I was surprised they didn't do Baron versus Bull, which they seem to be building to. But hey, they've got another takeover show in February, I'm sure. Maybe they'll do like an 18 month build up, like they did for Sting and Hogan. <laughs> yes, I, I want to see Bull <laughs> Dempsey just sitting in the rafters. <laughs> um, Sammy Zane was sitting. Week. Sami Zayn was sitting down backstage, and the one part that I didn't think, you know, anyone really noticed was while Sami was sitting there in the locker room with people walking around him, Kevin Owens was sitting 10 feet away staring at him. And Enzo and Colin came up and offered him some milk. So, you know, good for him. And then we got the greatest... We got the greatest entrance in the history of wrestling. Well, the history of wrestling Amen. in the United States. Um, Ascension versus Finn Balor and Hideo Itami. A entrance that I ordered Brian to go to the network, turn the show on to about 45 minutes in, and watch it. I was already watching it. Well, no, I didn't watch it live, so you know you weren't. But the, yeah, like, the two things Brian watches are the main event and the Finn Balor entrance, so... You know, yeah. hooray for him. Now, if only he could speak into the phone, I'd really love him. Um, I said I watched it. I watched this match actually. Mm-hmm. You watched two matches. Good for you. I did. Uh, Finn Balor, if you remember his entrance at the Tokyo Dome show this past year, it was. Oh, was it this year? No, this year wasn't. This was the year before that he did this one, where he was painted up with the red face paint and the teeth going down his throat. And it was just an amazing spectacle that just made you realize that WWE production, for all its flaws, WWE production is fucking amazing. Uh, and it was just an amazing show of smoke and lasers. and Yeah. It was pretty sweet. It, the only, the only thing I can ever say, and I've said this for a while since they started teaming, is Finn Balor is, make, is by himself making Hideo Tommy look less and less special. Sad but true. Yep. 
This was easily the best match of Valor and Hadami so far in NXT, which is funny because they did wrestle Tyson Kidd a few times. Um, and this was probably the Ascension's best match ever. And Ascension's going to SmackDown, and Finn and Hadami are not yet. Nope. Um, yep. Um, and the babyfaces did send the heels packing to SmackDown with the double foot stomp from the top rope. Uh, Roman Reigns announced that he was going to be the first NXT alumni to win the WWE Championship, so Daniel Bryan no longer counts. Uh, nope. Rick Ric Flair was on the show for five seconds, long enough to hug his daughter. And I don't know why, but there, Charlotte has a mole on her chin. I only ever notice it when she does interviews or anything that requires her to just sit down. It And it always bothers me. I don't know why, but it just does. Sorry to hear that. It's your fault. It's always my fault. Well, speaking of Charlotte... Speaking of Charlotte, by the way, fuck you. Charlotte is up next defending the Women's Championship against the love of my life, Sasha Banks. And by the way, did you know you you can buy Sasha's theme off iTunes for $1.99? I did not, but I won't be wasting a dollar ninety nine on it. Well, I bought it, so I did. I, I had to, I had to give Sasha some royalty money. Isn't that very especially, nice especially since she didn't leave with the seven pounds of black and silver and purple. Sad. Sasha had, I don't know how to explain her hair. She it looked like she started getting cornrows and then stopped. And apparently, I was the only person. I was the only person who thought this looked stupid. <laughs> I did too. I I rarely thought. I didn't like it too much. So. Um, Charlotte needs to eat a sandwich or two. Sasha hit the backstabber and stretched Charlotte's head all the way back, which did nothing more than cause Charlotte's ribs to poke way up. And kind of looks like hurt a little bit. Yes. Uh, the move of the match: Charlotte went for a moonsault. Sasha rolled out of the way, but Charlotte landed on her feet and hit a senton. Um, the finish: Charlotte blocked, blocked a superplex and hit natural selection from the top rope for the win. Interesting. Yes. And then. It was time for the main event. Yeah. The best the best WWE match of 2014 was the in my opinion the last main event to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Adrian Neville, NXT champion for almost 10 months versus his good friend Sami Zayn, the man who could not win the big one. Zayn Zayn has lost big matches this year to Bo Dallas, Cesaro, Tyler Breeze, and Adrian Neville. Oh, and Tyson Kidd. And in the meantime, Adrian Neville has defeated the entire roster, including Titus O'Neil, Bo Dallas, Brodus Clay, and yes, Sami Zayn. The 
This match was fucking nuts. Yeah, it was. This was just an, an incredible series of moves, counters, reversals into counters, counters being reversed into reversals of the counter. It it just was amazing. What tell us about the match, Brian? It was an awesome match. It was it was by far probably one of my favorite matches. And I don't really watch NXT that often, but if all matches on NXT are like this match, I may start watching it more often. Or or change my oh, I'm not watching NXT until Sammy Callahan, uh aka Solomon Solomon Crow debuts. I may have he to debuted. change that. He technically debuted. This is true, but he needs to be in ring. He needs to be wrestling, not on camera. But you didn't even know until I pointed out to you. Well, I'm sorry. I was too busy marking out for the show. And yes. Zane hit all of his moves, including the one where Neville's outside the ring on the floor, and Zane goes from the other side, runs down the floor, dives up over the bottom rope, through the other side, and hits a Tornado DDT on the other end. Which was fucking awesome. That never fails to be fucking awesome. No, and unless he fucks it up, which he hasn't done yet. He, I, I he's he done it three times. Up. He's done it three times, and he's hit it successfully all three times. Give him um, time. What if that will crack his shoulder off the boat? Um, I hope he does and I hope, he, I hope he especially doesn't do that at WrestleMania one year. What? Zane, after three or four tries, Zane finally hit the Haluva kick, but Neville pulled the referee in the way. And oh, so that's... and so, uh, Neville had pulled the belt into the ring, but Zane knocked him down. And so there's Sami Zane, and he looks at the referee who's down, and he looks at Adrian Neville who's down. And Sami Zayn, the nicest person in the world, goes over to check on the referee. I'll do the same. Well, the finish, the story was, they had a match about a month ago, and Neville feigned a knee injury that Zayn stopped and took pity on him, and then Neville rolled him up for the pin. So here, Zayn went to look at the referee, Neville with a schoolboy, Everyone's heart stopped, but Zane kicked out. Mm. That was when Zane hit the T-bone in the corner, a second Haluva kick, and Sami Zayn became the fifth NXT champion. Mm. And five-star match. Following the match, the entire locker room came out and celebrated with our new champion. Kevin Owens was the first person out to give him a big-ass hug. Neville got back into the ring and kicked Zane's hand away and then gave him a big fucking hug. And this was when I finished my report and I spell-checked my report. And I tried pulling out my email. My fucking email was being a pain in the ass. And then the end credits roll, the little title at the bottom of the screen comes up. And then Kevin Owens clotheslines Zane's fucking head off. Owens, right. 
Owens picked Zayn up and gave him the powerbomb of death to his former ROH Tag Team Championship partner into the ring apron, which caused William Regal, general manager of NXT, to come out and scream at Kevin. And the biggest night of NXT of Sami Zayn's NXT career, the night where his dreams came true, turned into a nightmare. Amen, brother. Amen. But that show, two and a half thumbs up. Yes, I like to get half a thumb, but yes. I stole your thumb. But unfortunately, I can only only get half of it, so I had to only take half of the thumb. Are you still there? Okay. Yeah, I'm still here. So. Beat that WWE, and the sad thing is, Charlotte and Sasha had a great match. However, Charlotte had a great match at uh, the last takeover with Bailey, and she had a fantastic yep. match with Natalia at the of the takeover before that. And then before that, Paige and Emma had a fantastic match. Tell me, Brian, what are Paige, Emma, and Natalia doing on the main roster these days? Absolutely nothing. Exactly. And so, if you actually want to see good women's wrestling, you have to watch NXT because WWE's never going to give it to you. Well, sadly, Emerson, I am not watching NXT until Solomon Crow makes his in-ring debut. Wrestling. He, I would say he was in the ring. What the hell, dude? <laughs> wrestling. Dave, the Redneck Schultz, as the fans call you, you see something like this happen, it's got to be upsetting to you. It don't upset me at all, baby. Let me tell you, I think it's great. You know what I mean? If you're going to go on the hunt, you got to be able to run with the big boys. If he can't run with the big boys, he should get out. He shouldn't come out here. Last time I was in San Francisco, I went downtown looking for a woman. You know what I mean? I wanted a woman. I couldn't find a woman. I found a lot of men that look like women. Now you, Hulk Hogan, you belong in San Francisco. What's wrong with you, Gene? I'm telling you like it is, baby. You belong in San Francisco. That's your kind of place. That's your kind of people because you've never had a woman, baby. Dave, the redneck Schultz, as the fans call you. I tried to press stop until I pressed play again. Good job, everything. WrestleMania in San Francisco, by the way. Actually, it's in Santa Clara, but, you know, same difference. Half, halfway yeah, between San Jose. Tell me, Brian, are you going to be joining me at WrestleMania this year? Um, Did you buy my ticket in uh, airplane ticket? Fuck no. Fuck no. Then, then I guess the answer would be no. But I told you, the only way I'm joining you is if you buy my ticket and my airplane and my flight. Uh, you, you, could drive, you, you could drive there, Brian. I'll pay for the hotel and the and the traveling to and from the stadium. You uh-huh. just got to take yeah, care yeah. of my. That's it. Yeah. yeah. In that case, then we're taking a limousine. <laughs> no, 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 no. I didn't say no. Well, you just said the car. The car could be anything. I will rent a car. <laughs> I'll. I will force you to rent a limo with the driver. With a driver, yes, because, you know, you and I have our license to drive a limo. Well, plus, why would we rent a limo to drive it? True. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right, Brian, right. Has, has, 
And as we're starting to finish up the show, Brian, as you and I discussed, you know, it's you and me in fantasy football this coming weekend. And I'm going to win. My team, Miley Cyrus, Miley Cyrus's tongue, will prevail over why Jerry Why. And as we start to wind the show up, Brian, uh, you want to cut a promo on me? You want to tell me about your team? Tell me what you're going to do to me this weekend? Nope. I will let all my talking go on the field this coming week ever since. So I will keep my mouth quiet until Sunday, well, until Monday at approximately midnight. And then you and I will battle, we'll mouth battle back and forth. And it's too bad because we're not going to be on the show again to talk about it until January. And, of course, then I'll be playing We Are the Champions, you know, something yeah, like you that. Yeah, you <laughs> And, of course, Brian, hey, I can't wait till. Sta- there's hope. There, there is hope. I knocked out the champion from last year two weeks ago. I knocked out the album favorite to become champion this year last week. And now will you stand in my way. A finally for fame and victory in in my fantasy football league. Brian Whitner, while you sit there, hopefully as uncomfortable as you possibly can be, I want you to listen to me. I want you to digest this, because before I leave next week with your fantasy football championship, I have a lot of things that I want to get off my chest. I don't hate you, Brian. I don't even dislike you. I do like you. I like you a hell of a lot more than I like most of the people in the league. I hate this idea that you're the best because you're not. I'm the best. I'm the best in the world. There's one thing you're better at than I am, and that's kissing people's ass, Brian. I am the best fantasy football player in the world. And I've been the best since day one when I first played your league, and I've been vilified and hated since that day because I named my team the winners. That's right. I had a championship-winning team. You know who else had a championship-winning team? Steph Quinn. And she won, just like I'm winning. But the biggest difference between Steph and me is I'm going to beat you to win the league this year. I'm going to beat you to win the league, Brian. I have grabbed... So many of Yahoo's imaginary trophies that it's finally dawned on me that they're just that. They're completely imaginary. The only thing that's real is me. And the fact that in that week in and week out for almost nine years, I proved to everybody in the world that I am the best. On draft day, in week nine, even in drop ad, nobody can touch me. Oh, hey, let me get something straight. People listening to this right now that are cheering for me and rooting me on, you're just as big a part of me being angry as anything else because you're the ones who doubted me back in August. You're the ones that buy those draft guides that tell you how to win leagues and then at 5 in the morning you text me who who to draft because you're too lazy to go get a real strategy. I'm leaving with the Fantasy Football Championship on December 16th, actually December 16th, this coming Monday, December 21st. And hell, who up. knows? You fucked up. Maybe I'll go defend it in someone else's league next year. Maybe I'll just go join Vince Russo's football league. Oh, but the reason I'm win- the reason I'm- why I'm winning, Brian, is you. Because after I've won, you're still going to brag about how much better your team is. I'm just a spoke on the wheel. The wheel is going to keep turning, and I understand that. Brian Whitner is going to finish sec- in second place despite himself. 
he's a loser who should be a winner. The reason he's not a winner is because he surrounds himself with gland-handed, nonsensical, douchebag wide receivers like Des Bryant, who's going to project to be number one receiver next year. And I'd like to think that maybe this league will be better after Brian Whitner finishes second. But the fact is, it's going to start over next year with his idiotic quarterback Romo and his doofus running black and the rest of his stupid league. Let me tell you a personal story about Brian Whitner, all right? You know, we, we do this whole stump Emerson thing, and... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.